Beast High. Hi, welcome back to the podcast. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And today we're talking about Minute 54 of High School Musical 2. Minute 54 starts out with Fulton explaining the additional perks of his promotion and ends with Fulton explaining that the Evans family thinks that Troy has untapped potential. I cry every time I watch the perks of being a Lava Springs member. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice reference that, there. That's definitely a two that's definitely not a movie that the Troy movie, would have watched. The movie did not exist, but the book was probably ten at least ten years old at that point. So Wait, when did the Perks of Being a Wallflower book come out? The book is over twenty years old, Tyler. Wow. That's neat. Yeah, I oh, just I guess I guess Troy and Gabriella and them all would, would, would quote Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although that'd be more of like a Gabriella and Taylor thing. Yeah, definitely. Although is like Chad secretly into Harry Potter? Oh, maybe Chad's into Harry Potter. I feel like that's more of a Zeke thing though, TBH. Well, or Jason. But, but Zeke's Zeke's already secretly into baking. Like in a and you can only be interested in two things. The one that you're stereotypically interested in and the one that you're already secretly interested what in. What if Chad you can't, is secret- you can't have more layers than that, Contra. Come on. What if Chad is also into musicals like his mom? Like he likes Phantom of okay. the Opera too. Oh yeah, he secretly likes all the musicals too. Yeah. And that's why he's secretly a really good dancer. Yeah. Chad loves... What, what's Chad's favorite musical? Stomp. Stomp. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. But we find out that Troy is not only getting a promotion, but he's also becoming a member of the Lava Springs Club. He's getting membership privileges. I don't know if that's the same as being a member. I guess functionally there's no difference. Yeah. (laughs) Only in title. (laughs) And that includes use of the facilities and I get you don't you don't eat at the restaurant for free, but he can go in there. He does that anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. So he's still getting food. Then I'm guessing that includes that will include right to the locker room, right to the pool area, right to the golf course, um, storage for his equipment. But what it does not include is any other wild cat. Yes. Fulton says he must use these privileges prudently. And that means no fellow wild cats. Not no, it's like Wildcats, not. Which is a very weird, like, that, it stuck out because, like, Fulton's usually very precise. But it's one of those things where, like, people do that and they talk and they, like, set up these sort of, like, interesting rhythmic phrases and then they don't always get delivered or executed perfectly. You're like, darn, I, I, I set up such a perfect sentence and then I, I kind of flubbed it at the last minute. Yeah, I, in my notes for last minute and this minute wrote ergo twice so does does fulton say ergo no but the way he talks just reminded me of the (laughs) word ergo fulton when he was a teen he had a fedora (laughs) (laughs) m'lady yeah that was that was fulton's background no fulton was like a latin nerd slash drama nerd is there a difference between the fedora there like there's not that much of a oh, distinguishment between the theater and the fedora yeah 
Um, no, but I feel like he also had some like book nerd to him too, yeah. like some oh, language. He definitely could have been a Latin nerd, and there's definitely like those weird problematic Latin nerds. Yeah. Um, that he that he could definitely like hang with, but I feel like Fulton Fulton for all his sort of like strictness as a boss is also like he's a let's let's say he's fiscally conservative but socially liberal. <laughs> like he at least doesn't hate peop- other people just for existing. <laughs> yeah. Even if the policies he implements does ne- negatively affect them. Yeah, like he shows that he finds the kids amusing and the teens amusing and stuff, but he also recognizes like he is has authority and needs to play a part. So they go back like behind this counter and then they go back into the like fancy wooden locker room. Yeah. And Fulton opens the locker and says like, and this is it. It was, I don't know. It didn't seem like as magical a reveal as the thing he said, but it is pretty cool. He's got like a whole like golf wardrobe set out for Troy. Yeah, it's very weird. It's almost like like one of those like Princess Diaries closet things where like you open it and it's all the shoes and stuff. But it's not as glamorous. But like Troy reacts like it is as glamorous. Like he is like a mouth open. Like wow, it's all for me. The thing with fancy clothes is that like it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like Troy is recognizing cool. I don't have to like scrounge through my home wardrobe. They're providing me with what I need, which is huge. It and it's nice clothes too. Like yeah, like it's hard for me to be caught dead wearing Vineyard Vines, but it's really nice clothes. <laughs> yeah, I will spoil this because it's not a huge spoiler or anything. But a little later on in the movie, it's revealed that those shoes that Fulton is holding is like Italian leather shoes. So like them getting buffed and polished every <laughs> night is because they are like nice shoes. Yes, Fulton starts giving Troy um, fashion advice. No checks um, and plaids. Which I think that makes sense. But no blues with browns? That's like an old style thing. I've heard that time and time again. That's like an old fashioned style thing. Because especially like you have your, your darker blues with your browns. And that's where it gets a little tricky. Are you supposed to wear black with brown? Like what? Black with blue. Black with blue? I, I I don't know. I think I think blue with brown is is a really good look. That's why times they are a changing. It it is not that way anymore. <laughs> Fulton hates Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> he probably does though. Fulton only likes like Fleetwood Mac and ABBA. I was gonna say like Dolly Parton. Yeah. And like like Diana Ross. Okay. Okay. And I was Supremes. thinking more like more like classic rock. But you're mm-hmm. thinking more of like a pop country soul type? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, they're not, it's not a far s- jump from <laughs> Fleetwood no, uh, Yeah, all of, you can like all of those things actually. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, and absolutely no white socks. Yeah, which I get to some extent because like he's in a dress, like, uh, Business casual is the bare minimum, but it, even then, it's still more business attire. Yeah, well, the, like business casual from like a golf perspective, sometimes just means like khakis and a and a golf shirt and a belt. Like you can you can put that outfit together very cheaply and be business casual. It like really depends on like 
you know, people say these phrases and then you don't actually know what level that they're talking about. <laughs> when I was in um my first graduate program, we had to dress, we had like very, a pretty strict dress code sometimes. And we came up with like, levels of dress and like example like we basically made like a handout of like okay here's what each of these mean and we would like gave it to our professors and we're like okay use the note like it was like one through five like hurricane kind of thing (laughs) yeah because sometimes business casual sometimes it means like you have to wear a tie or like you can't wear sneakers yeah and sometimes it's like well no no one actually cares it's just like you can't wear jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, no. So, like, that definition, when with them giving him a very specific wardrobe, it helps him clearly get that definition. Yeah, especially Troy pulling up, up in this, like, tank top that he's wearing. Like, I get yeah. that that's probably appropriate for him, like, driving to work. And also as an undershirt to his uniform. Yeah, and, it, yeah, when he gets to work, he's going to change, so... But now he's walking around in this fancy part of the building and he's like, he looks very out of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, I wrote in my in my notes, magical locker full of clothes. Did Sharpay pick those out like she did the other yeah, night? Yeah, that's, that's also interesting. Yeah, Because she clearly picked out his golf cart. Yes. So Troy is also handed the keys to a golf cart by Fulton, um, which Fulton claims is number 14 as to match his basketball jersey number. Or so he's told. <laughs> Which means Sharpay has talked about... It's like Draco talking about Harry to Lucius, in my mind. That he's like, yes, I've heard this story a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, why does the number... I mean, the number doesn't matter. Like, when you're telling a story about Troy Bolton playing basketball, you're not like, the number of his jersey doesn't add any like vivid description no, but the cultural, the outside of High School Musical, like, people bought Troy Bolton jerseys that had the 14 on the back, and, like, <laughs> it just said Wildcats on the front, and you knew that was Troy. Like, it, yeah. it was, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that was more for the fans than, like, an in-universe issue. We didn't, we didn't talk about the, uh, well, you mentioned the shoe service briefly, but... Every night, if he leaves his shoes outside of his locker, they, they will be shined and, and buffed. Who's doing that? I feel like that would be his job as <laughs> yes. the assistant to the golf <laughs> yeah. bro. Well, that was my thought, too. I was like, surely someone whom we already know would have been like doing this job. Like, Yeah. Is Jason doing that when he's not washing dishes? I guess the kitchen staff wouldn't necessarily be doing this sort of like handiwork maintenance type but it's not maintenance either it's just kind of like is it javier now the thing that you would assign a teenager to do is shining shoes yeah um but they don't work in the sort of like material field they all work in the kitchen so it's just a separate yeah it's almost like none of them are like janitorial well we've seen one kid like mopping the kitchen but like janitorial services is absent from any of their responsibilities it seems what's a kp unit I think it means janitors. <laughs> yes. Is there a secret KP unit? Maybe the the West High Knights are. <laughs> yeah, that the KP that, unit. <laughs> yeah, let's get rival. Let's get rival gangs in this um, country club resort, and then we'll get our little West Side Story version where um, Gabriella falls in love with the West High Knight boy, 
and we've speculated Gabrielle falling in love with so many people in this movie. Well, no, it was it was a callback to that. It was a callback to the if if there was a romantic rival, then this movie would be more interesting. And we're not just, even halfway through yet, just, folks. Just like utterly more interesting than the Troy supposed romantic rival that Sharpay is. Like, like it's not even like a love triangle where Troy is deciding between Sharpay and Gabriella. Like, anyway, it's like the Anne Peggy. Sharpay is Peggy. <laughs> um, Troy kind of asks, like, why is all of this happening? Which <laughs> what is did a fair I do question. to deserve this? It's a very fair question. Like, Fulton's like, okay, so do you have any questions? And I mean, Troy, very sudden, like, he got in trouble last night. He's like, why am I being rewarded all of a sudden? Like, I, I probably would ask a similar question. Like, And Fulton says... The Evans family seems to think that you have untapped potential. Which is a dig on Fulton's part. He's like, I don't think so. The Evanses <laughs> do. Yeah. Well, untapped potential is often sort of like a backhanded compliment. Like, we think you're good, but you don't actually show it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I have to be careful if, if I'm communicating with students' parents about the like the word potential, because then that's like, am I throwing them under the bus or am I like being encouraging like you have to find the right balance of the word yeah so yeah we get to this point where this minute is really showing how much better Troy's life is going to be having been sort of taken under the wing of the Evanses and given all of this stuff in comparison to his old friends who are just still stuck working in the kitchen it in some ways highlights the fears that he was communicating to his father last night that he's like but i'm right now a wildcat and i don't want to be making these leaps and bounds without my team and it's really quite conveniently putting troy to the test of what he just discussed with his father i was i was genuinely impressed watching these two minutes with how the movie was able to raise the stakes for troy's character in this way I was like, this is like one of the only things in this movie that's like actually executed what it's trying to execute. <laughs> no, absolutely. They're they're finally figuring out what to do with it. They've set so much up over the last 50 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, okay, let's now like see where this all of this information can go. And we start playing with Troy's fears and it's a dual-edged sword because he's, like, getting $500 a week, which, like, for him is huge for college. Yeah. But he's now away from his teammates, and he's getting all this special treatment and being told not to interact with the Wildcats. And it's it's very challenging for him as a social being. Yeah, there's that aspect of, like, intentionally isolating. Um, and <laughs> Troy is a class traitor uh, as, 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 a, as a potential title for this episode. Mm. Um, I think we maybe had a, a similar we sounding have, yeah. title to that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like they're intentionally putting him in a situation where he, they want to distance him from his teammates and from Gabriella so that they can, the Evanses and Sharpay in particular can sink their teeth claws whatever's into his back or neck or head however this metaphor goes they put and, the brain sucking device on his head yeah they're gonna like put him in the like matrix battery that's what i was trying to think of like the plug in his neck mm -hmm. yeah 
<laughs> Trey's all of a sudden bald. No, it's it's very concerning because this is a manipulation tactic that you see in relationships, um, abusive relationships where isolation can be utilized to manipulate and um, control. I don't think it's going to that level, but it is trying to... <laughs> Sharpay is manipulating him, that's for no, sure. No, absolutely. But it's this weird extent of, is he... How much is he wanting to try and step outside a new role and try a new role? Or is it him just because he can't say no, which is a problem Troy has? It's like, it's fun to have a golf cart and to have like like the clothes cool. that you need to have for work provided for you. But it's also like clearly something that Troy's a little uncomfortable with. Like he it like he doesn't want to just be a rich person all of a sudden. Like it's nice to have the benefits, but he that's just not where he fits in like a very social class sense of like I don't like want to exist in this space. I want to earn my money and build relationships that aren't based on like weird etiquette and posturing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we'll see what the fallout is with the rest of the gang, with Gabriella and Sharpay and what Troy's, you know, maybe he's not even going to have fun in this job. Maybe it's just going to be torture for him. Maybe him and Chad are going to have another blowout. <gasps> yeah. It seems... You know, oh, well, there, there has to be a blowout at some point in this movie because I know that a certain emotional song gets sung. Indeed, um, you do. But, but I don't you make know. reference to it. <laughs> but I don't know what actually happens to get us to that point. Um, so, uh, should we talk about our Decom of the Week segment? Yeah. So, I thought we could go old school and I'm going to give you the name of a Disney Channel premiere film, and you're going to speculate what it's about, and I will then tell you what it is actually about. Okay. Let me just... So, what is the title of the movie in question? So today, we are going to be exploring the 1991 Disney premiere film called Perfect Harmony. It was written by David Obst, directed by Will McKenzie, and stars Justin Whalen, Eugene Bird, Darren McGavin, and Peter Scolari. Okay, those are all names of people. Yeah, I don't really recognize them either, <laughs> so, and like when I was looking them up and stuff, so. So, my, my thought, Perfect Harmony also obviously invokes a sort of musical theme particularly a singing theme, but it also implies a sort of like cosmic, cosmic balance. Mm. Um, not necessarily among the stars, but just like, I was th like thinking about like world peace. And so I was thinking about singing and like overarching peace. And that made me think of like the sound of music. So mm -hmm. is this just like a sound of music too? <laughs> Where the Von, the Von Trapp family has to like solve more disputes through singing um well disney did not own sound of music at the time this movie came out so but but they can make like a they the von traps aren't like i guess they are real people they are but, real people <laughs> but you could just make a pretend movie about them the von snaps 
Yeah, the Vaughn snaps. <laughs> That's actually more musical if you think about it. Um, mm, it is. So, um, I, I don't know. So, we got a teenager who loves to sing. But, oh, no, the, his dad doesn't want him to sing. <laughs> And he also likes to play a random sport. Let's say football. And he's trying to work out his conflicts at school. There's a girl he likes. There's a like a bully. Like the captain of the football team won't let him off the hook. And his teachers keep giving him giving him guff. And just things aren't working out. And he needs something that'll tie his life together. And every day... He sings in the shower and he sings in the car and he realizes the only thing that brings him joy is singing. So we get this sort of like Eddie's million dollar cook-off moment where he like accidentally quote unquote signs up for chorus and he joins the chorus class at his high school in case it wasn't clear that I was talking about like a high school setting (laughs) and He's really enjoying it, and the and the chorus teacher is some like adult cameo, fun like actor to have on screen, and the chorus teacher's like, you know what, Mark Von Snap, um, you really, you really, you really got it. You you're you're a good singer, and I think that we could take you all the way to all state choir. <laughs> but he's like, no, my dad wants me to be an all state football player, <laughs> and. He has to decide between the... This is so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm also going to remind you, this is a premiere film, not a decom. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily make a difference here. Okay. Um, the, the, this is much more melodramatic than a, a, a decom, which would play this all for comedy. This is not comedic. This is oh. serious. This is a serious singing movie. This is Dead Poet Society, but about singing. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> We, Robin Robin Williams plays a chorus teacher, um, a a manic pixie chorus teacher. Oh, captain, my captain! <laughs> and I'm trying to think of like how singing would actually solve his problems. Because <laughs> um, does he like sing like, a sing a song the, to his dad? <laughs> is the football rooted in class? Like they need the money for a scholarship so he can go to college and. Like, the contest he's joining, like, has prize money that would get him into college? No, it's not. But there's there's no, like, contest. or It's not It's not a Save the save the Rec Center plot. It's a, oh. it's a I've got to be, like, two people at once kind of plot. So, like, does he sing a song to his father? And, the, like, his father's, like, really touched. He was like, that was the song that your mother and I danced to at our wedding. But she's gone now, and I haven't thought about her until you just sang that song. And now I've been emotionally vulnerable, and I understand you, son, for the first time. So that happens. Is it, like, queer-coded? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, like, a theme of it. But obviously it's not outright what the movie is. Even The movie doesn't think that it's about that, but subtly you go back and watch it and you're like oh yeah i guess i see that theme um Mm. and the girl he likes is in chorus but she gets jealous of him at first because she thinks that he's like secretly better or like hasn't been taking lessons and she's she's frustrated that he's so good and they realize 
like it's not a competition like they're both going to sound better if they sing together and what might you call a perfect harmony and and the bully and the bully also doesn't have any way to channel his aggression so mark von snap sets up like sets up like they go to a concert together and they like sing ACDC or whatever like rip off ACDC band from 1991 that they came up with and they have a connection over music and he just slowly like builds all of his relationships back together but then the big day comes where he's like he's got all state auditions and the big football game and we just get like a high school musical type thing where like they they delay the football the football game or you know it would be funny if like the the person singing the national anthem like was the girl and she makes it last a really long time like half an hour <laughs> she just sings the national anthem for a really long time in order to give him time to get back from <laughs> the all-state audition oh that's really funny <laughs> That's what happens, and then he does the audition and the football game, and everything works out in the end, and his life is back in perfect harmony. Wow. Does that how it ends? Well, it ends with him, like, like, scoring the winning touchdown. And then then he's like, it's all in perfect harmony to her? (laughs) No, they, they, they all, like, they're in the locker room singing We Are the Champions, or whatever. Mm. Wow. Big license there for Disney, for DCOM. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the movie actually about, Kondra? So the movie is um, very serious, as you may have assumed. Um, it is a movie about a teacher who moves to the South. Um, and it's this takes place in 1959. He moves to the South to become a choir master for a private, an all-white private school. And his white savior mission is to reduce prejudice in his choir, which he can control. Oh, so we're talking about racial harmony. Okay. Yeah, as well as musical harmony, because there's this really nasty bully who thinks he should be lead is very hostile towards this boy who's orphaned, but is... Um, cared for by the groundskeeper of the school, who is black and is into music, but a very different type of music. He's into like soul Gospel, and blues yeah. type mu- music, as opposed to the classical music that the choir is singing. And that's this other um, young boy who is very impressed by the non-schoolmates. Um, musical abilities and um, they begin to like teach each other about their own music and um, this white boy starts learning a lot about the um, african-american black people in his community and um, there's racial attacks and violence and um, it but that's kind of the catalyst for the choir and the community to realize that this racial tension and racial discrimination is not okay and all that pretend stuff that obviously didn't happen but like 
Wait, are you saying there wasn't racism back then, Condra? No, okay. there was racism, but there's no perfect <laughs> solution that's like, oh, it's all gone because we realized we were being bad people. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're, um, you're like, everything was fine in the 50s. I don't know what this movie thinks it's about. <laughs> no, it's more, it's... No, there, it, yeah. it, it very Disney, Disney-ifies yeah. the, the real history that this remember, is pre- Remember the Civil Titans rights. didn't solve all the racism of Virginia in yeah. one football season. Yeah. It, exactly. So it, it's a serious film. It, it's very the color of friendship or remember that it honestly reminded me of like remember the titans well too. honestly you know what it reminds me of is sunday school musical oh 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 <laughs> which i guess you didn't actually watch all of but I there, is, there so. is this subtext of like the main character comes from a diverse predominantly black church choir and goes to a like private school all white choir and he's kind of like teaching them like how to have fun with it like the and, gospel, like the yeah. black gospel version of choir yeah, music. He's, yeah, I mean, the minute we covered was like a song where he's like, hey, you guys got to just like have fun and let loose instead of being yeah. so uptight. So kind of like that, but opposite direction, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's not it available, available? <laughs> on Disney+. Plus. I wonder why. <laughs> um, but The Color of Friendship is, and that's probably a better for, as are as is remembered, the Titans they were probably just done a little more deftly than um, this one was. Yeah, um, remember the Titans actually isn't as like simplistic on like the racial um, harmony as as it's made, often made out to be. Yeah, um, it is a little it is a little too feel good for maybe for maybe what it's trying to get across, mm-hmm. but that movie goes so hard. Yeah, I think, oh my god, I, I mean, I had a wicked phase with Remember the Titans. But um, the other thing with Perfect Harmony, it seems very white savior or um Yeah. Which is also a problem, but... Well, at least it seems like, from what you described, it's like the white teacher trying to get the white students to figure things out. Yeah, but he's bringing in this black boy who is uncomfortable with the situation and okay. getting bullied yeah. and... Yeah. But... Uh, it all turns out okay in the end, thank goodness. So, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, perfect harmony. Um, it caught my eye as one that we had not talked about, and I didn't. I had never heard of it either, so I figured it would be a good one. It was um, a good and one, and we also haven't done one of these in a in a good long while. I think I'd rather watch my version though. Um, yeah, I don't. Where where a, a boy kind of just like. Pollyanna's around his school and solves problems with singing. Yeah, I just... It sounds so much like High School Musical that I'd rather just watch High School Musical, I think. But it's not campy. It's serious. Yeah, and that's where I'd rather watch High School Musical. Until the end where it's a 30-minute Star-Spangled Banner. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah. So people can find us on the internet at Amateur Nerds on the Twitter... And me personally at Tyler Booty T Y L E R B O U D Y. You can send us an email to amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. Yeah, what's your favorite White Savior movie? The Blind Side. I forget other ones. <laughs> I mean, that's been one of the worst offenders in a while, so. Oh, there was Green Book. Green Book, that's true. Uh, that one, Best Picture. <laughs> There's just a lot of them. Find one that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Find a white savior movie that's not a white savior movie. 
I don't know, like watch Hairspray or something. <laughs> Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at Art on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I've been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And we'll see you next time to find out what Troy Bolton's shoes look like on his fancy feet. I was trying to make, like, see him in his fancy outfit. You can bet on it. <laughs>